I remember the first time I, I really felt God's presence was I was 10 years old and I went to this Sunday night tent meeting with my mum and um, it was the first time I ever really experienced God, the Holy Spirit, um, working in my life and filling my life with his presence. And, you know, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, once you've tasted, there is no going back. The world wants to pull you away from God, from the presence of God, from the call of God upon your life. The world wants to continually take you from it. And God, the whole time, his arms are open. And he's saying, run to me. Run into my arms. Know my presence in your life. Because when you taste of God's presence, there really is no going back. Amen. If you're visiting us today, welcome to Family Church. It's really good to have you here. There's a few less people than last week, I think. Uh, For our Global Sunday last week, we had about 700 people in the room. Um, Well, not just in the room, in kids' church, doing the stuff in the coffee hall. And I just want to say a big thank you to everyone that served so wholeheartedly last week to make it such a brilliant day. Wasn't Global Sunday brilliant? So good. So big thank you to everyone involved with that. Um, So I'm going to be sharing um, a message today, but probably won't have time to share it all, so we'll just see where we go um, with it today. Uh, So we've been um, teaching a series called House of Prayer, and this is part five of House of Prayer today. And this, this part is all about praying together praying together. So that's what I'm talking about today. Uh, Sometimes we call it corporate prayer. Sometimes we call it gathered prayer or collective prayer. Um, I'm talking about praying together today. Everyone okay? Good. So first of all, as we heard a couple of weeks ago, when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, oh, before I forget, Pastor Andy sends his love from Zambia. Um, He has been, it looks amazing, he's been um, over at the Overland Missions Conference in Zambia, and uh, it's just by um, uh, Victoria Falls, um, just by the border of Zambia in Zimbabwe. And um, every year, uh, Phil Smethurst, who runs Overland Missions, gathers um, all of their African missionaries, and they gather at that place, and uh, there's about 300 of them gathered there. And Pastor Andy has had the honor of speaking into their lives this week. Um, and what's especially special for us is that our son Corbin, our 18-year-old son Corbin, you might know him, he plays the drums sometimes, um, he is there with Pastor Andy. And uh, we're very, very grateful that P- Pastor Andy was happy to take Corbin with him. Um, and, uh, and Corbin has just been, you know, as parents, we love the fact that our son is with a whole load of people that have given up everything to serve the call of God upon their lives um, and, uh, you know, believing that he'll continue to be inspired um, to do that himself, to, to, to find out the call of God upon his life and serve it. That's the most important thing in terms of how you live your life. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing and don't think there's only one way to serve God. Standing here and preaching isn't the one way to serve God. There's many ways to serve God. Um, Maybe God's called you to business. Maybe God's called you to raise an incredible family. Maybe, I mean, any parent, God's called us to do that, right? Um, Maybe God's called you um, into the workplace or into education or into the health sector. Wherever God has called you, 
If you do it to glorify God and do it in God's way, that is the ministry that God's given you. You're a minister of God in that place um, as you serve God in that setting. There's a loud buzz. Anyone notice that? Okay. Or is it just me? <laughs> it could just be me. I don't know. It could be Wayne's stomach after that curry last night. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I picked on you, Wayne, there. <laughs> I don't know why. Right, anyway. So, um, Pastor Andy sends his love from Zambia and, and thanks you for, his, for your prayers as well. They're back on Tuesday. So, so, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he told them to go into the room, shut the door, pray to the Father who is in the secret place. So, that's praying alone, isn't it? Right? That's praying alone. It's um, praying in the secret place. It's personal prayer, and it's very important. And as we've discovered over the last few weeks, personal prayer is about us talking to God and us listening to God. But also, um, it's very clear from the Bible that we should be praying together as well. And in the first century church, in the book of Acts, we read about the first century church, and they would come together regularly to pray. Christians would come together to pray. And there are many examples of this in the book of Acts. Now, Acts chapter 2 explains the purpose for which the believers gathered together. So let's just look at Acts chapter 2, verses 42, and then 46 and 47. It says this, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Prayers. And then skip over to, verse, over to verse 46. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So we see in this passage here that the Christians in the first century church met together in the temple, speaking of a big gathering, a bit like this. They also met together in homes, speaking of smaller gatherings, to study scriptures, to build friendship with one another. That's fellowship, to encourage one another through friendship, to eat together, to break bread together, take communion together, and to pray together. That's why the Christians gathered together. And they did that in big gatherings like this, and they did that in much smaller gatherings in homes. So I'm going to answer, probably don't have time to do that today, but I'm going to try and answer four questions today. And the first question is this, why should we pray together? Why should we pray together? Well, number one, I've got loads of points, and I'm going to say random numbers, by the way, so don't worry when you're taking notes, like... Don't try and do your numbers like me. Because I haven't really numbered them. I'm just saying number one. Right. So why should the church pray together? Number one, praying together is what the church does. Right? So we're individual believers, yet we're one body together. You can never individually be a full expression of what it means to be a Christian because God hasn't designed it that way. He's designed you to be part of a body of believers. We call it the local church. And in fact, we're part of the global or even the universal body of believers, um, the church worldwide. And it even includes those that have already fallen asleep from this, from this world. So that's the church, and we're part of it, and that's the way that God designed it. 
So as a body of believers, we are called to pray together as well as individually. Here's another reason why we should pray together. This is number two. Praying together brings us into greater unity with one another. Think about it. When we are praying according to God's will, and especially when we have a specific thing that we're praying for, our hearts come together in unity. Our thinking, our speech comes together in unity. And when we hear God speak to us regarding the things that we're praying for, we, uh, we should be hearing the same thing because God's probably not going to say um, to one do this and to another do that and to another do that when we're praying together as the church for a specific thing. Like the head, this head here, doesn't tell this leg to go this way and then this leg to go that way. Otherwise, it would be a little bit confusing, wouldn't it? Only when I'm dancing, yeah. Well, that, that, that does happen to me, yes. And as John Keeping said, he, John Keeping said this morning, why are you wearing Carla's trousers for today? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> and and my, my head, <laughs> yeah, that's your dad, Annie. <laughs> your brother. <laughs> and uh, my head doesn't tell one hand to pick the bottle up and then the other hand to put it down because that would be like really, you know, confusing, wouldn't it? And so when we pray together, um, unity comes. We become a unified people, uh, especially when we're praying for something, some specific purpose. You know, in the book of Acts, um, chapter 2, verse 1, it's not on the screen, um, the disciples were gathered in the upper room and they were with one accord in one place. That speaks of unity, doesn't it? They weren't just in the same place, they were in one accord, praying together. They were united in the purpose of what they were seeking God for and together they all received God's answer, didn't they? Which was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Here's another reason we should pray together. Number three, praying together invites the presence of the Holy Spirit. As we see in Acts 2 verse 1, as they gathered in the upper room, they were waiting for the promise that the Father had given them, which was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit came, and we, we read in Acts chapter 2 that it was a powerful, incredible experience that totally changed their lives. That's what God wants to do in our lives. Amen? He hasn't left us alone in this world. We're not orphans in that sense, but he is our Father in heaven who has come to be with us by the Holy Spirit and he wants to empower us to live this life in a way that fulfills the call of God on your life. That is, is an incredible way of living that turns heads and causes people to say, what is it about this person? What's different about their life? I want what they've got. Amen? So... <clears throat> The disciples, they experienced the power and the presence of God in the upper room because that came when they were praying together. Matthew 18, verses 19 and 20, this is Jesus talking to his followers. He says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. I mean, that's pretty clear, isn't it? Praying together is an incredibly powerful thing. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So again, God is saying, I will turn up. I will be with you. You will know my presence. I discovered a long time ago that without the presence of God, um, I can try and be a great Christian and, and live as God wants me to, but 
without God's presence, I can't do it. Without God empowering me, I cannot do it. I need the presence of God. Need the presence of God. Amen? Come on, if you're going after anything, go after the presence of God. Go after God. Okay. Um, so God loves unity. Psalm 133 speaks about the fact that God promises to bless unity. God turns up where his people are together in unity. <clears throat> and then another point, I've forgotten my numbers now. The next reason why we should um, gather together to pray is praying together increases our faith to believe God for the miraculous. There's something about being with faith-filled people that rubs off, isn't there? Especially when you're speaking out the word of God. You're speaking out the promises of God. There's something about being in that environment that rubs off on you and causes faith to arise in your heart. And of course, we understand that um, faith doesn't come except by hearing and hearing the word of God. And it's in that environment where, where you're in God's presence and the Holy Spirit speaks the word into your heart and you're like, wow, I believe that, God. I believe that. And, and sometimes, you know, that's difficult when you're on your own sometimes, but when you're with a, a whole bunch of other people that are going after the same thing, that are believing and declaring the word of God, faith arises in your heart. And then another reason why we should pray together is because prayer together moves us from seeking our own desires to seeking the purposes of God and the desires of God. You know, when you pray alone, it's easy to focus on your needs, isn't it? I do all the time. It's me, 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 me when I pray sometimes. Um, but when you pray together with others, especially if you're there to pray for a specific thing, it fo- the, the, the shift the focus shifts from you to the bigger picture. Maybe the stuff that, um, you know, you're praying about together. Okay, so let's answer that first question. Why should we pray together? Second question is this. When should we pray together? Why don't you turn to the person to your left and say, why? No one's going to be actually looking at each other, are they? Because everyone's turning that way. Okay, turn to the person to your right and say, When? (laughs) It <laughs> doesn't work, does it? It really doesn't work. <laughs> but it's fun to watch. <laughs> it's like cricket, left, right. Not cricket, tennis. <laughs> Get your sports right. Okay, when should we pray together? The answer is regularly. Regularly. It's easy for the church program to take over for the good things that we do to become all-consuming, isn't it? For work, for family, for commitments, to become all-consuming. It goes against the flesh, and it goes against the way of the world to stop and pray. But I think we need to remind ourselves who we are. We are first spiritual people, and we live in this flesh body. And so we've got to remember that we are children of God's kingdom, and praying is what we do. Talking to our Father is what we do. Um, We see throughout the pattern of the Bible, Israel in the Old Testament, the church in the book of Acts, Jesus' life, that prayer must be a top priority. And God's people, there's examples in the Bible of God's people coming together, um, especially in these following times. 
uh, that I'm going to tell you now. Um, we should come together to pray when we've got something to celebrate and thank God for. That's a good reason to come together and pray, isn't it? In Ezra, chapter 3, verse 11, it says this. They sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. For he is good, for his mercy endures forever towards Israel. Then all the people shouted with a great shout. And they praised the Lord. Because the foundation of the house of the Lord was built. And this is talking about uh, the children of Israel returning from captivity uh, back to the land of, of Judah, um, where Zerubbabel had laid the foundation of the temple. And God's people, they got together and they gave God thanks and praise. Another time we should pray together is when there is a time of crisis or need, even national crisis or need. And again, we see in the Bible, bless you, um, we see in the Bible that um, there were often times when the children of Israel came together to seek God in times of national crisis. And in Ezra, again in Ezra chapter 8, this is when Ezra was about to bring the second wave of those who were in captivity back to the promised land. And we, we see them pray together as a united people, as a nation, before they did this journey. It says in Ezra 8, just read 20, verse 21 and then 23. It says, There, by Ahava Canal, Ahava Canal, <laughs> do you? Um, there, by the Ahava Canal, I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions. Verse 23, so we fasted and petitioned our God about this and he answered our prayer. Do you hear that? They gathered together and they prayed for a safe journey. There you go. So anyway, this was a time of, of this was a really important moment in the nation of Israel. And what did they do? They gathered to pray. Um, another reason, another time we should gather to pray is when a member of our household of faith is suffering. Um, when a member of our church family is suffering. So as the body of Christ, we are called to come alongside those who suffer in order to bring strength and comfort to those around us. We're called to stand on God's promises for provision, for healing, for deliverance, and for wholeness. And when you pray for, for someone else, that's called standing in the gap or intercession. It's intercession when you pray for others. Um, and also, I believe that intercession isn't just about praying for others, standing in the gap, but it's actually what's God called us to do. Because I, I think that, you know, just saying that you love someone, just saying that you're praying for them, is praying for someone is a great thing. But actually, what might God have called you to do to help in that particular situation? I think that, that it's really important that we think about that and don't just say, yeah, I'll pray for you. So that's another time that we should gather to pray when a member of our household is in need. And then another time we should pray is when an important decision needs to be made. 
That's a good thing to include God, isn't it? When it comes to important decisions. And I was praying this morning, Lord, should I wear my leather jacket on the platform today? Or should I just leave it on the chair before I come up here? And, um, well, I could see when we were singing this morning, Carla was looking at me in that way when I had my jacket on. I thought, I'm going to have to take my jacket off this morning before I get on the platform. Just saying. So, Carla's my wife, and for those that don't know me. <laughs> okay. So, Acts chapter 1, verse 24 says this. <laughs> Acts chapter 1, 24 says, And they prayed and said, You, O Lord, know, who know the hearts of all, show us which of these two you have chosen. They had Matthias, I think it was Joseph. And uh, this was the person that was going to replace uh, Judas um, as, as in the 12, the 12 apostles, and they chose Matthias. Um, Pastor Andy reckons they never didn't make a very good choice because you don't really hear about Matthias ever again. Um, so maybe they didn't quite hear what God was saying. <laughs> um, or maybe there's just like he, doesn't, he hasn't been written about in the history books. But um, either way, what they did, they did the right thing. They got together and they said, God, show us what you want us to do here. So that's why and when. How? How should we pray together? Well, by nature of the word together, we should pray with at least one other person. That's praying together. If you're on your own and there's no one else praying with you, you can't say that you're praying together. Right? Okay. So, so we're talking about actually gathering together to pray. And I guess you can include Google Meet or Zoom for this. Um, but I do prefer being like together with people. Uh, so Matthew 18, verse 19, it's not on the screen, but Jesus, remember Jesus said, if two or three of you agree on earth uh, concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So um, two or three. In Acts 16, verse 25, this is on the screen, it says this, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them there was two of them and they were praying together they were praying and of course we know that there was um, a great earthquake and they just literally their chains fell off the doors opened and they left the prison and that happened as they were praying together and then uh, Acts, in Acts chapter 2, of course, we see that there was 120 of the disciples gathered in the upper room, praying together. And in the Old Testament, we see many occasions when God's people, Israel, gathered together to pray, often called together by the leader of the nation, by the king, um, led often by a prophet or a priest. So, so we should pray. How do we pray together? We should pray with at least one other. Secondly, how should we pray together? We should pray in agreement with God's word. Because the word of God reveals the will of God. And in 1 John 5, 14 and 15, it says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. So when you pray according to an agreement with the word of God, you're praying the will of God. The Bible is the greatest prayer tool that we can have 
in our hands. So as we speak out passages of scripture, it reminds us of who God is, of what God says. Um, We declare the will of God as we read scripture over situations. We unite our hearts regarding the will of God as we read out the word of God over situations. And of course, the word of God always increases our faith. So that's how we should pray together. We should also, how we should we pray together? We should also pray in agreement with one another. It's terrible if you have a, like a, you get together with your friend and like you're praying into a certain situation. I don't know, there's a car that you really want and you're praying, God, give me that car. And your friend's going, Lord, don't give them that car. I mean, that would just be really annoying for a start. But also, like, what, how's God going to answer that prayer? <laughs> anyway, um, that's a, probably a really bad example. But Matthew 18, verse 19, Jesus said, we've read it before, but we'll read it again. If two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So when you pray together, it's important that you're in agreement. Um, So work out what the Word of God says, what the will of God is, come into agreement with it, and then declare it together. Um, It's important that you can hear others praying as well, so that you can agree with them. Nothing worse than someone standing at the front and praying a prayer, and everyone around you is so noisy, you can't actually hear what they're saying to say amen. Um, And there is a time to all lift our voices to the Lord. Again, if, if we're praying for something specific, we might say, church, let's all lift our voices. And, and everyone individually will be praying out their prayers. Well, that's a prayer of agreement. It's a prayer in unity. Um, but there's sometimes occasions when the person who's leading the prayer meeting or someone that they've delegated it to might grab the microphone and say, right, we're going to pray for this. And then that's a time where everyone comes alongside and says, amen, amen, amen. Amen means so be it. We agree. Amen. Good, you agree. Another way to pray in agreement, we don't really do a lot of this here, is something called liturgical prayer. And it's when you read together a prayer that might have been written, um, written for you. And uh, that's liturgical prayer. In fact, I say we don't do a lot of it. I don't think we've ever done it. Um, but um, it's a good thing. And I've been in other churches where it does happen. And I always think, oh, we should do that sometimes in family church. And then forget Another way that we can pray together is that we should pray together is earnestly. And the reason I say that is because in Acts chapter 12, verse 5, it says this, Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying for him. The church was earnestly or constantly with fervency praying for him. So Peter had been imprisoned simply for declaring the gospel. The church was praying for him, and we know the story. It's where Peter's released from prison, and he goes back to Mary's house where the church is gathered and praying. He knocks the door. Little Rhoda answers the door, and she's like, whoa, it's Peter. She closes the door on him, runs back to the prayer meeting, and says, Peter's here. And they're like, no, you're silly. Um, We're praying for him to be released right now. He can't be at the door because we're praying for his release. Um, it must be an angel, they say to her. <laughs> and she's insisting. And eventually they open the door and like, oh, it's Peter. Our prayers were answered. Gives us hope, doesn't it? 
So earnest prayer is not begging or pleading. It's prayer that comes from a heart that is filled with faith and expectation and doesn't give up but keeps going. That's what earnest prayer is. And when you pray together, that's what God has called us to do. Don't give up. Keep going. Don't beg. Don't plead. But pray with faith and expectation. In Luke 18 verse 1, um, it says this, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. I'm not going to go into details because I haven't got time. Lastly, fourth thing, what happens when we pray? Really quickly, what happens when we pray? Number one, prison doors are opened. Woo! Prison doors are opened. Acts chapter 12, Peter. Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas. Definitely, prison doors are open. Number two, the will of God is outworked. So when we gather to pray together, Jesus said, he was talking about personal prayer, but Jesus said, um, pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Later on, he says in Matthew 18, verse 18, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will already will be loosed in heaven. And the translation should say, will already be bound in heaven, will be already loosed um, in heaven. In other words, when we declare the kingdom of God and the word of God on this earth, we are simply bringing into this earth what is already happening in heaven, in God's realm, in God's domain. Amen? Does that make sense? Your will be done on earth as it is already being done in heaven. Jeremiah 29, 11. A few of you know that. 11 to 13. It says this. And this is actually the prophet... God speaking to the people. I thought that was the keyboard player, but I think it was a plane. Where's the keyboard player? Where's Ella? Come and play the keyboards, please. Thanks, Ella. Um, brilliant playing this morning, by the way. I could really hear it well today. So, Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13 says this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Amen? Plans to give you a hope and a future. So this is the prophet speaking to the nation of Israel. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You know that word all? It's, I've always taken it to mean, you know, passionately with my whole heart. But actually it's a numerical word. It's talking about all being all the people together all your heart. In other words, everyone praying together. Everyone's hearts coming together in prayer. Does that make sense? And yes, that is a promise that I have taken personally for my life. Um, you know, that's, that's the amazing thing about God. What he says to his people is to his people. God doesn't change his mind. Um, so he knows the thoughts and the plans that he thinks towards us. And, and, and his thoughts and plans give us a future and a hope. Um, but there's something about coming together and saying, God, we are seeking you together. We are seeking your purpose, your plans together. And as we do that, God moves. The will of God is outworked as we come together to pray. It says in 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14, If my people who are called by my name 
will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. The will of God is at work when we pray together. Last thing, what happens when we pray together? God's presence and power is experienced. I I felt God's presence when Paula was praying earlier. Um, And I just felt there was such a unity, such a desire for the Lord, such a desire to see hearts mended, lives restored, people getting hope in God. And we see in the book of Acts chapter 2, the disciples, they gathered together. They were together with one accord in one purpose. And as a result of their togetherness, God's power came and God's presence was experienced. Amen. In Acts chapter 4, verse 31, last verse, it says this. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. And this was with a group of people who hadn't yet received the Holy Spirit. And they prayed together. And in this moment, the presence of God came and filled the room. The Holy Spirit did something amazing in their lives. Amen. So we should pray together. And we should probably do it as a church more often than we currently do. And we're going to work on that. Um, But just, I want to just finish by saying um, this morning, I nearly said tonight then for some reason. Been a long day. Um, But I I just want to finish by saying um, you can pray together with just one other person. You can pray in your connect group together. You can pray in your small group, whatever that small group is. There are people around your life um, who I am sure would be happy to pray with you. And it's such a powerful thing to pray with other people. So make sure that is part of our culture as a church, that we're praying together with others. And we're going to take some steps to really move that forwards as well. just want to end uh, today by asking if anyone here you've never said yes to Jesus. You've never given your heart to God. Um, You've never made a decision to follow the Lord. Uh, And if if that's you today, then I just want to pray a prayer that you, I'd love you to pray with me this morning. Um, If if people just can't move around just for a minute, that would be really good. Um, So I'd love you to pray pray a prayer today. That with me this morning that is simply a prayer of introduction to God um, you need to understand today that until you come to God by putting your faith in Jesus you carry sin in fact you carry a sin nature when Jesus died on the cross he took your sin he paid the punishment for your sin and when you put your faith in Jesus you become accepted by God. You receive his forgiveness and you become a child of God, loved by God. All you have to do, the Bible says, is repent and believe. Repent means turn away from. Turn away from your old way of living, the sin, the stuff that separated you from God and put your faith in Jesus. And God does this a miracle in your heart and your heart and your life is made right before God the moment you put your faith in Jesus. So let's pray this prayer together. Everyone out loud this morning, say, Dear Father, 
I accept that I cannot live up to your perfect standard and I repent of my sin. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sin. I believe that you forgive me and make all things new. I surrender to you and want to take your path for my life. So please fill me with your Holy Spirit and empower me to live a life that honors you. Thank you for loving me. Amen. Just with every head bowed, just for a moment. If you prayed that prayer today, this is your introduction to God. You are now in relationship with God. When God looks at you, he doesn't see sin anymore. He sees his perfect creation. You're able to receive God's love and live for his purpose in your life. What an amazing thing. So while the heads, well, every head is bowed, just would you just raise your hand and let me know if you prayed that prayer today for the first time. Just raise your hand. Thank you. Anyone else today? That's awesome. Awesome. Praise God. You're now walking with God. You're now in relationship with him. Anyone else in this room today? Okay, thank you. You can just put your hand down. Put your hand down. Everyone lift your heads up. Praise God. There's one gentleman that received Jesus today. We thank you, Lord. <laughs> Praise God. And uh, if you didn't, raise your hand. Just don't go anywhere yet. If you didn't raise your hand, um, but you want to uh, talk to someone, um, please just go to the back. There's a banner there. It says, Best Decision Ever. And the gentleman that raised his hand, if you just go to the banner at the back, then uh, one of our team would love to chat to you and give you some resource. Would you just stand? I just want to pray for you this morning before we go. That's it. Um, once I've prayed, um, parents, you can go and get your kids from Kids Church and then we can all go and have a coffee afterwards or tea. But let's just pray. Would you just close your eyes and just let God just, just seal what he's spoken to us about today. Father, thank you. Father, thank you, Lord, that you have... Uh, commanded that we should pray together, Lord, that it's part of your plan for us, Lord, that we shouldn't be Christians who try to do this life alone, but Lord, you've called us to come together, Lord, as one body and pray together. Lord, help us to do that. Help us to understand the power of doing that. Help us to understand the power of agreeing with your word and agreeing with one another. And today, I thank you, Lord, that you promised where two or three are gathered together. Lord, where two or three agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by our Father in heaven. And I just thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, Lord, that we are going to see great things happen. Lord, we are going to see amazing miracles take place in this church family as we get hold of this. And we thank you once again, Lord, for your presence. Lord, may my brothers and sisters here today just go in the power of your presence. Lord, in your peace, in your life, in your joy, in your love this week. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.